All right, Grey's Anatomy podcast, episode number seven. Welcome to the Grey's Anatomy fan podcast, the show that takes a look at the hottest relationship drama on television. Sit back, sit back, and enjoy the show. Oh, that's great. It should say sit back and enjoy the ride because it totally feels like you're at a racetrack. I like that. (laughs) Me too. But Cliff doesn't, so apparently we're getting something new. (laughs) Well, everybody, welcome to the show. I'm Kim. And I'm Stephanie, and we are going to take a look at season three episode, I don't know, of Scars Scars and and Souvenirs. souvenirs. Absolutely. So, um, what'd you think? I thought it was good. I thought it was good. Um, Not as great as the last few, but it was definitely had a lot more funny in it, which is kind of what we've been needing out of Grey's lately. Yeah, it was so, everything up, well, not everything, the last three had been so serious that, um, we really needed to, uh, we really needed some, some funny. Absolutely. So I, I'm okay. I have to admit here that I, I'm trying to have a conversation with Kim who is not here in my living room and um, not tonight, not tonight, but tomorrow she will be <laughs> and pay attention to the notes that Cliff is typing to me in like font 96. <laughs> <laughs> So that he has, doesn't have to talk during this podcast because um, this podcast is produced by my husband, Cliff. And so he is here, but he will not be speaking, apparently. We'll, 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 we'll give an update. That'll be a GSP and update at the end of the show, whether Cliff actually spoke or not. <laughs> Sorry, he's waving. He's not going to do it. Not going to do it. So we have... Um, we are recording this live on TalkShoe.com, and we have um, two new um, participants in our live show, Cassie and, please, please forgive me, because I think I'm going to chop this up. Is it Radica? Rakita. Rakita. See, I knew I'd chop it up. And, well, I already knew Chef Mark was with us, Cliff, but thanks for the update. Chef Mark is and here as well. Mark and Bubba Coop and gt joshua and sir george and fred so i only have i only have cliff's notes because i'm not allowed to pay attention to the to the chat because i get highly distracted (laughs) (laughs) highly distracted so let's go ahead and talk about the show okay um i thought it was i thought it was really good um and I'm trying to think of my favorite part, and, and I don't know that I, I have a, a favorite part just I yet. I have a favorite part. Okay, go and ahead. And that was when Alex had plans to go out that night. And Izzy, Izzy was saying, well, you've got a hot date. You've got plans. I don't know that I want you I'm... wanting anybody else yet. And his plans, it wasn't a hot date. He went to go check on Jane Doe in the hospital to see how she was doing after the surgery. That I love was so that. sweet. I love that. Um, Now, I really... I, I got it. I got it from here. Thanks. Um, I really, sorry, really, really am aggravated with selfish Izzy. She is getting yeah. on my nerves. I don't want you, but I don't want anyone else to want you. Um, seriously. Izzy, you need to, well, apparently she did move on. But she, she needs to mm-hmm. get over herself. She is not the only person on this earth. Although we all do feel it, that and act like that at, at times. Yeah, she needs to take steps to moving on, and yeah, I know that she's in whatever forced counseling she's in through the hospital as part of her um, restitution or whatever they're calling it, but she definitely needs a little bit of help in that area. Yeah. Um, And, you know, drunken sex with George is definitely not the way to go. Not the way to go, and I so hope that Mark finished the episode before you said that. Um. Well, Mark should not be listening if he hasn't watched the episode yet. I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, I'm so okay. The um, the the new doctor. What was his name? Colin. Uh, Colin Marlowe. Colin Colin Marlowe. Um, the first we meet of him, he just brushes Burke aside, and goes straight for Christina and grabs her on the bottom. Ooh. I mean, and, I mean, he's like rubbing her lower back up and down and then grabs the butt and doesn't just grab it. I mean, he's like pulling her into him. I'm like, oh, is that like sexual harassment or what? Totally. 
seriously so and, and i can't get over my seriously i'm really trying i promise <laughs> i promise it's, it's driving me as crazy as it is you i'm sure so um so let's talk about christina for for a little bit and that is she only with burke because of this you know I don't think she is. Teacher I think that thing. on the outside, she might be. Is she really I, I, in love I think, with him? I think she is in love with him. I think, I think so that too. she's never had a relationship like this before. And I think that she probably dated Colin Marlowe before because he had the power and the skill and he possibly could help her to advance her career. But for three years and never have a real feeling? It's quite possible. See, and... It is possible. I mean, it, it's possible on both ends, I, I think. Um, we don't really know because, as Burke said, Christina never lets anybody in. Yeah, but, but the ending there, laying in the bed with, with, this is, laying in the bed with Meredith, you know, she doesn't know if she wants to ruin this engagement or not. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that totally um, scares me because I like their relationship. I, I really do. Too. do. Um, up until tonight, I just, and I still think that, I still think that she's in love with him, but will she do her, you know, will they get married and she'll do her, her residency here and, or do her internship here and then go somewhere else for a resident residency and drop Burke like she did Colin. That's a thought. You know, and it's probably so, something that they hadn't talked about yet and that's either. probably, it's probably what, just assumed. But that's probably what Preston is thinking you know mm-hmm. is she just gonna you know use me and throw me away when she's done and so I loved when he told her because you know to, to me marriage is, is a huge thing you know it's not just something that you do because the other person wants you to right. so um for her to say that to him to say that you know it means nothing to me but I'll do it to make you happy and even though I think she's really sincere in that I don't agree agree with her I mean I don't think that it's the right thing to do so for him to to tell her um for him to tell her it's not good enough right I I really liked that I really liked that moment I did Mm. I like Preston I really do so um let's let's talk about let's talk about Meredith and her whole dad her whole dad and well, first of all, Meredith's fine. There's nothing wrong with Meredith. Perfectly fine. She's perfectly fine after TV she miracle. survived that ordeal. <sighs> Very awkward. It just they open think- right up and boom. Izzy's in there screaming at her. Why is Alex moving in? What's going on? <laughs> and Meredith, he's one of our people. <laughs> people are what matter here. Hello? Yeah, I did have a near death whatever. I was dead and now I'm not. I love people. Yeah. <laughs> no, that that's just that's that's too fine. That that's too out of character for Meredith. <laughs> no, it's perfectly in her character. You think I was dead and now I'm not. I had a near death whatever. And okay. she's always trying to think positive, but she always she's kind of wishy washy. She always goes yeah. back and forth and it's totally her character. <clears throat> I okay. I, I don't know. But I, need- I thought it was hilarious when... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm, go ahead. Finish your thought. I thought it was just so funny when um, her and Izzy are walking together and she sees her dad and stepmom down the hallway and, <laughs> and ducks just- into the supply closet and, and Izzy is still standing there talking. It's like, I love that. <laughs> Hello? I love Where'd that. I go? mean, don't we all... We all have moments where we really just want to run and hide and it doesn't matter who you're leaving, you know, out in the mix. Mm-hmm. So I, I loved that. That was perfectly <laughs> written. Um, Mark wants to say something. Are you there? Hey there. Hey. I think we should we should start calling uh, Meredith Cleopatra. You think? Because because she's the queen of denial. Oh boy. <laughs> Mark, you are always good for the nicknames. Oh, <coughs> That's always great. In denial. Uh, something you know. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm pretty really fine. I'm under the under control. I'm just fine. You know, it's like no, you're not. <laughs> uh, or even if, or she shouldn't be. You know, even if she thinks she's fine, she shouldn't be. 
So right, we I like that nickname, Mark. That was that was a good job. Well, I um, think that her ducking into the closet was kind of symbolic of the denial. You know, she's fine. I was dead. No, I wasn't. Or I was dead. No, I'm not. You know, I'm okay with my mom dying, but yet she is running and hiding from everything that is somewhat emotional in her life. Right. Like uh, the stepmom and dad. Well, you know what? You know what? Really, um, running from running from Thatcher and I'm sorry. What's her? Is it Susan? Is that her stepmom's name? Yes. Because I'd really like to call her by her name and not just the stepmom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Cliff, stop it. I cannot. You know that I can't concentrate. I apologize, people. He is... Phonetically writing it out. <laughs> not only is he typing me notes... He's probably he's... trying to tell you how to pronounce Rakita's name. <laughs> <laughs> he is. It's horrible. Okay. Hold on. Let me finish my thought first, and then we'll go to Rakita. Darn it. Go to Rakita, because I don't remember. <laughs> I'll... You're going to make me my thoughts. I'm going to have to keep those myself. Um, <laughs> I don't think that, I, I think that it's, it's rather unrealistic to expect that because she woke up from her near-death thing and decided that she was going to be all positive and good, that we would expect that my, Meredith would be able to be all positive and good in all areas at one time. That's a tall order for anybody, especially somebody who's in denial. Right. I think that that's a tall order. I think that, you know, her father is the kind of like the last big hurrah until Derek decides to pursue the whole you stop swimming thing, because I think he will. Absolutely. I, I hope so. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but I, I think that would be a really neat storyline to pursue. And, okay, and I remembered my thought. I, I, I so think that that's a storyline that they should go there with, because he really, he believed that she gave up, he's... He believed that she stopped trying mm -hmm. or that she did it intentionally. Um, so I think that that's something that they need to address. But um, when Susan peeks her head in the in the storage closet there, she says, we heard about your mom. They never once mention what happened to Meredith is, you know, I, and I think that that really goes to show that there's no relationship to that there's nothing really there for her to start with with her dad because um they mentioned you know we heard your mom died we didn't hear you nearly drowned we right. didn't hear that you were dead and came back we we heard your mom died right because mom's obit was probably in the paper and they saw it right or or maybe you know um Richard called or something you know anything could have anything could have happened there why they heard that that happened but nobody told them and she didn't tell them right. about her own near-death experience it's also a part of her not wanting to let them in just right yet. she's testing the waters and seeing where the relationship is going to be and once she gets comfortable I'm sure I, I hope that she'll start sharing more with them because right. I'd really like to see the relationship between Meredith and um, her dad. I really, I really, I really would too. And I think that um, two things, two things happen tonight that I see can't that she can start and build from. Because I just mentioned that there's nothing there to build from except for these two things that I saw tonight. Is that he was probably under the impression for quite some time that the little girl in that picture was Molly. Yes. And she set him straight. Said that's me. You know, and and that that hurt her, that hurt her, but she had to get that out. Right. It, it really hurt that he didn't know that that was her. But I think that's just who who Thatcher is. You know, yeah, it's, I, I, it's neat to consider the fact that every time Thatcher looks at that baby now, he's going to be thinking of Meredith. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's really it's really neat. And um, and that Susan says she has the right to be angry. I love that because she does. But when he's leaving and he pulls the nail or the pen or whatever out yes. of the, that, that not only is that porch swing going to become like quite the talking spot. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, did you see that? Like they're working that swing in, that's going right. to be a hot spot for people to sit and talk. But, um, but that made a connection it, that, 
you know, he may have only been around for the first five years of her life, mm-hmm. but he was there and he right. did care because he, you know, obviously she was getting her fingers pinched and, you know, right. wanted to, to protect her in that way. So, um, so I think that that is a bridge that they can. And do you bridge, think but... that the bolt, some the bolt that he pulled out from the swing represented kind of her mother as, you know, something that prevented Meredith from something having that, that relationship between with her father? Them? Absolutely. Right, because she kept pinching her fingers. She kept catching it so she couldn't get she couldn't get into the swing of things with her dad. And now that that bolt is gone, she can get back into the swing of things. Absolutely. Good, good, um, good, uh, analogy. Analogy. Yeah. That's what, that's the word (laughs) I was looking for. Um, okay. So that's pretty much all we see with Meredith, but that's the major thing that we see with Meredith. And, um, if I seem very choppy tonight, it's because Cliff's not talking to you, but he is making gestures and typing notes and making faces at me. And so I'm, I'm we need still to get highly distracted. We need to, we need to get a partition <laughs> <laughs> to separate the two of us because he's got this, this big, you know, his second monitor and it, it works as far as um, a cue card, but he, we need a partition to just separate Cliff and I. So, um, before we go into the next topic, let's see what Chef Mark has to say. Yeah, I really like uh, your metaphor, Kim, of saying that, you know, now she can get back into the swing of things. And it really reminds me that, um, you know, in life, we all go through the experience with our story very firmly in mind. Like, you know, this is, this is my version of the events or what happened, and we get sort of locked into that story. And we don't necessarily realize that the other person had a completely different experience. And the way that we've locked onto that isn't necessarily the truth. Um, And really, there is no truth. It's just different experiences of the same thing. So she went through her whole life thinking her father was a bad guy for whatever happened, and she didn't really know the full story. She was a child. You know, adults go through things that children can't really comprehend. And that story with the nail really shows that he did his best, and he really loved her and really did his best. And then the situation called for a circumstance that really, you know, he had to make a choice, and he did, and, and you know, she's thinking of him as a, as a bad guy this whole time, and, and I think that really, more than anything, demonstrates that he wasn't, at least during the time he was in her life. Absolutely. That's very good, And th- that reminds me of several episodes back when, um, when the baby was in the hospital, and she goes to him and says... You know, it was the snoring episode where she right. kept snoring. But she goes to him and says, is there a drawer, you know, somewhere? She was looking for his side of the story. And um, and through that, it was actually Richard who told her, your mother was a force to be reckoned with. And so I think we already know that, well, I think we already knew that Ellis was in control of that marriage and that relationship right. and ultimately um, the relationships that her daughter would have. So now, abs- just to completely repeat myself, now that Ellis is is gone, I really think that that is, she is what was standing between Meredith and Thatcher. Agreed. Completely. Okay. So now, now we've done... We've done about, Christina and um, Meredith and a little bit. How about George and Callie? You want to do George and Callie? Oh, gosh, yeah. Okay. Oh. Where do you want to go with George and Callie? Well, they opened up with, uh, when George came into the picture, he's sitting on the bed at the hotel, you know, just going off about Izzy. She's selfish. No, she's jealous. She's not selfish. And he just would not stop talking she's about generous. her. She's, she's really generous. good with her patience. Yeah. Why can't she, you know, dish some of that out to her friends? Save save a little bit. Yeah, he needs... I understand missing your best friend. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do. But the way he talks... The way he was talking about her there in the beginning was far more than a best friend. Yes. Far more. So they were showing... They were showing his... His inability to... um, His inability to... Oh, I totally... I'm sorry, I'm reading Cliff's notes. I should really stop this. <laughs> okay, he really knows nothing about Callie. Right. Nothing about, I mean, he. they totally jumped in. And, you know, whether he's in love with her or not, which I don't think he is, he mistook the grief for his dad for 
love for Callie. Right. But can and she but she claims to be in love with him but can she be if she's not completely honest about who she is you know Mm -hmm. she's really you know he knows nothing about her but that's not all his fault right she hasn't offered up any of that information either so what about callie having all this money Oh, gosh. I, I thought that George made a good point that, you know, I married you and I haven't talked to my best friend in weeks. George has made a lot of sacrifices for Callie. And Callie has kept a lot of things from George, at yes. least as far as we can see. You know, she lied to him, plain and simple. And as George put it, you know, he still gets whacked on the nose with the newspaper every time there's some kind of a blow up between I the two of them. I love that. I love that comment <laughs> from him. But he is, he does. He keeps getting, he has really, he has cut off his best friend. And he has, in a sense, made her his only go-to person but not because she does because she reprimands him every time he does right any any time that um along those lines any time that they have a conflict between george and and callie callie is always right she's always yelling at him yep. and always storms off never gives george the benefit of the doubt never asks for clarification on anything just right. like and that doesn't know, the, mean that he's always right right but she never asks for that and, clarification right. and that's a big downfall in their relationship she she doesn't give an inch and um marriage takes two people right you know what you can't have a one-way marriage your problems cannot be all the other spouse's fault. Right. And um, so that really bothers me. And also, she can't expect, she cannot expect to be George's only confidant because marriage doesn't work that way. Right. Th- there has to be, there has to be someone else. Um, not that it should be another woman in George's case. Right. But, um, but there has to be someone that you can go to and you know there are i i totally i totally get what george is saying and i want people to take this in the most honest way that i'm saying it there are some days when i wake up and i don't like my husband that doesn't mean that i'm gonna get a divorce that doesn't mean that i am you know gonna fall out of love or right or, it's the you same know, stop thing that derek things... said to meredith before and what was it the last episode yeah we're i'm gonna, gonna show up I'm I'm going to be back. Yeah, we're going to have a fight, but I'm still going to be back. Absolutely. But I need to have that person to go to who is going to say, you know, who is really going to be there on Cliff's behalf and say, you know, this is what we're doing. This is why you're in this. And, you know, right. you're taking this out of proportion and you're 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 making a big deal out of nothing. Everybody needs that person. Although mm-hmm. in George's case, it shouldn't be a woman. So um, now we're going to go to Cassie, who's on the line. What's up, Cassie? Hi, guys. Hey. I'm enjoying this. This is my first time out. Welcome. I'm excited about everything. I'm excited about the direction the show is going in. Tonight is the first night I really began to like Meredith because she so depressed me the first two seasons. So I'm excited that she's getting a little more bright and shiny instead of dark and twisty. You know what I mean? Right. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm just excited about the direction the show is going in. And I'm not a really murder fan. Murder. I don't know. Murder. They call Meredith and Derek. Yeah. It's like if these guys aren't in the bed, fans aren't happy (laughs) because that's what the show was built on. But I just so love, and you probably haven't gotten to that yet, but I just want to talk about I just so love that she slept with Christina and not Derek tonight. That was just so funny. Yeah, that was, you know, it shows (laughs) that there are different levels of of commitment in the different types of relationships. Sometimes you have to be there for your friends when you know your your spouse or your significant other doesn't necessarily need you there and it showed that in both of their cases not only was she there for Derek or was she there for for Christina Christina, Derek was there for his friend I mean you do he was at the hospital with his friend um and so yeah I absolutely I loved that and um I really could have a lot of fun with this but I'm not so Rakita's up next I totally disagree about George and Callie. I don't think that her money had anything to do with the problems that they had before today. No, oh, no, they lying. don't. I think that that Callie, I think Callie is completely the most misunderstood character 
on the show, period. I think that people look at Callie and automatically want her to be totally wrong for George. And I think that she's probably the most perfect built, you know, the perfect woman to work with George. I really, really do. Probably because our relationship, my, my relationship with my husband, is so much like George and Callie. Only I don't quite yell at him that much because he doesn't <laughs> listen when I yell, or I probably would, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, I just, you know, with, with George, I think the problem with George is everybody, like my husband pointed this out uh, a few episodes back, everybody wants George to be this kicked, wounded puppy, and Callie is the only one who stands up and is like, no, this is, you feel like this, I know you feel like this, man up and accept it. Work with what, we, work with what you got right here. Right. If he's being a butt, you will, I will not allow her to be a butt to me every which way but Tuesday. Man up and do something about it. It's my fault because your friend's a butt. And he did. He did. He hasn't spoken to Izzy until tonight for weeks. But Callie keeps coming back. Nothing that George does is good enough. I don't think... It. He doesn't decide to really man up until after she says something. Look at when he mans up. After, but, after but at least he made that choice to to do that. He made the choice. And Callie is not making those sacrifices for him. Just accepting and listening to George and reading what's behind the, the silly little analogies or metaphors that he uses. You know, like with in the case when he thought it was having the panic attack. In this, but I'm saying that I complete, I'm completely on her side when it comes to the whole friends thing. And the only friend who has re- really had any problem with him being married is Izzy. Right. A- absolutely. She's the only one. Uh, Meredith said. And, and, and the fact that, that at the end of the show, they end up in bed together justifies everything she ever did. Justifies everything she ever said. I've been that chick. Only my husband didn't wake up next to the chick. I said, really, she really likes you for real. And as my husband said, men don't see that because they have to turn girlfriends into guy friends. And they don't see it till you say it. So he gets drunk over there and sees it and automatically acts on it because he's George. And all he really wants is for the model chicks to like him, Meredith. That's a good point, but... The other thing that I want to, you know, reflect back on in your statement there is that I don't think anything justifies the fact that they ended up in bed together. George no. is now a married man. Absolutely. George made it. He made a decision. He made a decision to marry Callie. And I do not support him being in bed with Izzy in any way, shape or form. He For needs whatever to be, reason. He needs to be back working on his marriage. The wrong friend to go to about make, you know, sometimes I don't like my wife and I need, you know, you to make me like it. That is that person is not Izzy. I'm not supporting that in any 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 way. Right. You know, George makes mistakes, Callie makes mistakes. They're human. Actually, they're not even human because they're made up. But we are all human and we all make mistakes. Um so I don't want anyone to think that we're totally dogging Callie. I have supported Callie completely. I like Callie. I really like Callie up until the point where she lied about who she is. She really has lied about who she is. She has not been upfront. She has not been honest. And that... Right. And it's not the money that brought them to this point in their relationship. It's the fact that they don't have a healthy relationship and they don't know how to maintain it. Absolutely. And the fact the that point, she lies. Yeah. yeah it, 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 not that she lies, but she lied. and But George lies too. So I'm, right. not, I'm not even going to go there. So. Of, it's withholding of information. There we go. <clears throat> yeah. So we, we need to move on because we could talk about this, you know, all night. So um, let's see if Cassie has something else to say. Yeah. 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 One more thing about that. I think George is in denial along with Meredith because when Callie brought up the point, well, when he explained to Callie that she's blind, she's stacked, like she could never want me. I'm George. Somewhere in the back of his mind, he's been wanting her all the time. And that opportunity presented itself, and he just just went for it. But that had to have been there for a long time. Right. How he reacted to Callie, and she said, don't laugh at me. Because I was wondering, what is, what is he laughing at? And that's when it came out that 
she would never want me, but if she did, I'm in there. Uh, right, absolutely. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what they do with that, but I really think that they need George to work on his marriage. They have written that, right. and, and I think that they need to go there with that and really have them have them it hash it out, you know? I'd love to see George and Callie in a fist fight. <laughs> I'd love to see. Oh, did you hear <laughs> that? He so wants to talk. He even asked, can I talk? Can I talk? You can talk. What do you want to say? I just want to say I would love to see Callie and Izzy in a fight. That would rock. That okay. would they could have an, a whole episode on that. I just I just want to say that I am I on Rakita's side on the whole situation. I you know did did um did uh, Callie lie, uh, and did she withhold information? Probably, but George um, definitely uh, okay probably. But here's the situation: <laughs> George George pretty much just got married overnight. I mean, he knows nothing about this girl. She complains about him breaking her vagina, and next thing he knows, they're off to Vegas, and we comes back. We're married. I, no, she's my wife. I she's Callie O'Malley. I mean. It, Hello, you didn't even bother to ask her questions about her. I mean, you can't be mad because, I mean, I can understand her being afraid to share that information. I mean, she's already said, hey, the reason I didn't share this, number one, you didn't ask. Number two, we haven't known each other that long. And for every other person that's ever found out about my money, it's always ruined my relationship. Okay. Now, was it a little bit of a sting for her to say, "Okay, I took your two hundred dollars and I tipped the." Yeah, that that was a little so right. much. But so I just want to okay. I just want to say George has some issues of his own, and he's a lot to blame for rushing into marriage. Okay, but but at the same time, I I totally okay. Before tonight's conversation, I was I'm like, okay, I really would like to see Izzy and George get together. At this point, I am starting to see, you know, hey. Izzy's got some issues. She thinks she sh- she can always have things her way all the time, you know. And that's the problem that, unfortunately, uh, a lot of beautiful women, unfortunately, can ruin men's lives because they have the power of their sexual, uh, you know. Gotcha. Keep going. Attraction to to kind of lure men to doing what they want. George is 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 a guy who unfortunately is easily steered in one direction okay, or another. But and let's I not forget let's not forget George is still totally not dealing with the death of his dad. This is true. That's what got that's what rushed him into this you know, sex made him feel good and so let's go out and get married and have I, I totally agree. And I you think know, that Callie was wrong for allowing absolutely. them to get married. It's but, like she should not have accepted that. I think Callie has some insecurity issues of her own. But yet, at the very same time, I agree with Rikita in one thing, is, and that is is that she, Cal, um, Callie does seem to be a strong person who really can help George move forward and can help him see things. Uh, or can squash him. Yeah, or can squash him. I agree with you. There's, I, there's I think some there's a lot of similarities there. between Callie and George. I mean, simply the fact that we call them Callie and George says you know multitudes it should be george and callie the husband should always come first this is true you know um well she's just a stronger personality okay i i agree that's what i'm saying but i'm guessing that we can probably get similarities between them in the breakup of thatcher and ellis she was the stronger personality Uh when ellis was in the hospital george reminded her of thatcher you know um i i think that that we're we could see a lot of similarities yeah. in that relationship, but I'd like to move on from them. Okay, I just want to say that I don't think that I'd like Izzy to move on from them. And, Please. And, and with that, I'm out of here. So let's okay. talk about the chief. Let's talk about the chief. Um, do you want to go ahead? He thinks the attendings are going to be the death of him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think so too. I, I think so too. Fighting in the hallway. I mean. You know, they're acting like high school kids. They really are. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It, and it, then, then Colin Marlowe is standing there in the middle just going, mm-hmm, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. And, you know, he might be showboating uh, boating a little bit too for the chief by not getting involved in that, by saying, hey, look, I'm the better person. But right now he kind of is the better person. Or is he? Because he's kind of instigating it all. Yes, yes, he is. 
You know, but and to the um, chief, he is the better person. Right. You're right. To the you chief, know? he is. Right. But because... I would really like to see one of them come out and 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 shine on past that. I don't know who yet, but I really would like to see one of our. I I'd like to see. You know what I was totally upset about in this episode? What's that? Not enough Bailey. Me too. The really? only thing that we got of Bailey was she asked the chief if Marla was going to be the new chief. Yeah, and he totally didn't answer her. So just, good night. <laughs> and and the whole attendings fighting. I thought Preston and Derek were on a first name basis. So now they're back to Doctor Burke and 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 Doctor Shepard. Well, ha- have they put everything that they've been through behind them? Can men do that? They can just. I think that they're going to go back and forth. They've got the personal relationship and they've got the professional relationship. And in their professional relationship, they're competing for a job. Gotcha. Yeah, I can. Okay. So we're going to go back to to Cassie. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I just think that tendings are adorable. (laughs) Especially (laughs) when they were on the floor. I love it when they're fighting. It's just funny to me. It's not realistic, but it is so cute to me. I love it. When it all started when they were all sitting on the floor. All four of them, when Bailey came in with her um, Chinese papers for the clinic thing. I love that. It started with that. And I'm like, I just love to see them fight because they're so cute. <laughs> but no, it's not realistic to move the hospital forward. But I just like seeing that. Yeah, it is, it is fun to see them. It is fun to see them um, really competing and, and fighting for, for, this, um, for this position, you know. And um, what else was I going to say? Oh, and how interesting it will be, how interesting it will be to, um, to see Addison and Sloan in the race for chief if they actually do become, you know, if either either of them actually makes the 60 days and becomes a couple. Right. And they so. they kind of brushed against that topic of the sixty days again, and I thought that was neat. And that she so she looked still, at him and says, "You know, yeah. I I thought that we had this deal." And he goes, "Well, it didn't involve not looking," <laughs> which is probably so true. So it um, is true. Really, if, if she's gonna take away the looking, she should just lock him in the in the closet. Although, make sure it's not the one that Meredith and Christine are in. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, Cliff <laughs> thinks that uh, that Bailey's going to be the next chief, but I don't think that she has the. She does not have enough years of experience does, right. behind her to do that. Right. She has not become an attending and gotten what ten years of experience, whatever it is. Yeah. So she she needs to do that first. So um, we we kind of touched on we kind of touched on Alex, but do you think there's anything else there to talk about him? Um. He has a lot of compassion towards Jane Doe, and I'm wondering where that comes from. Is there something in his backstory that we're not aware of yet that, you know, he just feels this, he feels so compelled to be with her and to comfort her and to talk to her. Right. And what was it about what happened at the dinner or after the dinner with Izzy that he came back to the room and apologized to Jane Doe saying that you shouldn't have taken advice from me. I'm just an intern. You need to take your well, medical no, I advice think he from was, an, I from think he was really, I think he was really concerned that she took his advice and she almost lost the baby. Right. You know? So, um, I, I really, my, my first thought was that they're going to have, um, him fall in love with her. You know, and then come to find out when they find out who she is that she'll be married or something. Mm-hmm. Um, or they could have him fall in love with her and they could, you know, go on and raise the baby and live happily ever after. But this is TV, so that's not real. And um, or they could have her just become a really close friend of his because he that's said. That's what I'm thinking. Because he said. Ever since I found you, or ever since I pulled you out, or whatever, I've been talking to you like a sister, you know? So I think that that kind of would take out the whole relationship possibility in that relationship. Um, And I just thought of that, so that's just all brand new in my head. You Um, go, girl. Thanks. But I think we have Cassie (laughs) on the line again. Hello? Yes. Oh, yeah. I was just wondering, who saw Alex moving into the house coming? I didn't see that. I did not see that coming, but I like it. I I like it. it. And I... I, Go ahead. That'll be interesting to see what happens with that. (laughs) 
Absolutely. But I love how... Um, now, obviously, I understand why Izzy made such a big deal about being in the shower and Alex coming in. But I love how he made it not a big deal because, um, you know, Cliff and I, I've been going back with Cliff and watching um, season right, one and season two. <laughs> because in season one, George is like, okay, seriously, they walk around in their underwear and they think that it's not a big yep. deal. And, and Alex is like, you're complaining about this? <laughs> this is not something to complain about. So I love Was that he went Was it sexy underwear? <laughs> he, he wants to know what kind and what they look like and yeah. um, really making it uh, not a big deal. So I love that he did that tonight, that it was just, you know, like, of course, that would be gross, too. But like walking in on your sister, you know, he really paid it no attention. I thought and, it was kind uh, of weird that uh, Meredith did not talk to Izzy about bringing Alex in as a roommate, because knowing that Izzy and Alex have had a past relationship. I don't. You know, don't don't you think that that's something you would want to say? Hey, at least hey, I made a decision. Um, Alex is going to come and and move in. Well, I don't know. Just to let Ma- you know, maybe, but I mean, it's still Meredith's house, and um, and, and you know, it it does go back to what she she said. He's our people, you know. He he's one of us. It doesn't matter what you guys have been through. He's he's one of us. And we need to look out for each other, you know? Right. I'm not um, necessarily saying that she should have gotten permission, but right. should have given Izzy a heads up by saying, hey, this is going to happen. I don't know. I just walking in know. on, But walking in on her in the shower was makes for such better television. So <laughs> <laughs> I, that I is true. Keep it the way they, keep it the way they wrote it. I, I liked it that way. Um, but I guess there could be. So what is, she has a problem. Izzy has the problem with Alex walking in on her in a towel. Or in the shower. She covers herself with a towel. and But she has no problem with walking in on Meredith on and Derek in her towel. Right, but Izzy also didn't have a problem walking in on George when he was in the shower. Right. So she... I was very frustrated with her in this episode. So hopefully next... <laughs> well, is it, I don't think it's on next week. They didn't show a preview. So I'll have to check that out. And... Okay. Um, Okay, so is Rikita on the line still? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, my family's dogging me because this is my po- I'm doing my whole podcast thing. They're like, oh, this is bad. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> apparently this is my uh, inauguration into geekdom. Yay! Welcome! Congratulations. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, my... What I was calling, what I was chiming in about was um, uh, Izzy and uh, Alex. I don't think that Alex was necessarily not making it any more of a not big deal as he was for Addison when he was like, you know, whatever. I think that's part of his game and his charm. I think that's part of his his whole world. I think that's that's part of his maneuver, how I get in close to you. You don't see it coming and poof. Hmm. Hmm. Yes, I know, Mom. That's my mom. She goes, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Mom. Like, dude, are you serious? I'm like, I'm so bye. It's my mom. She says bye, guys. Um, <laughs> so I, I really don't think that that him. I think that in the house they don't really have a long history of clearing things. Um, when I was listening to your recap this week of. Uh, Episode five from season two, I think it was, or season one. Right. You guys were mentioning how um, how it was wrong of Izzy not to ask Meredith if she could have the par- uh, the party. But in a roommate situation, I'm I'm not a visitor here, and I can make decisions, and I don't have to clear with anybody. And Meredith owns the house, and if I got a spare room and I want to rent it with somebody, guess what? They moving in. And if you got a problem with that, you can move out. Okay, I, I will agree with you on the part of Meredith, but on the part of Izzy and the party, um, I, I will say that, number one, they just met, and number two, she just moved in. So I think that there is a certain um, respect and boundaries that, that should have been going on there that obviously weren't. But uh, absolutely, it's her house also, because Meredith has allowed her to live there. So... Um, Kim, are you still there? 
I am still here. You got really quiet, sister. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I actually, I was looking up to see when the next episode was. So. Okay. Oh, Clifford. Senior Joseph. Has been raising the bar. You can't pause commercials. You got to close it. Um, I'll tell you what, I don't know what I'm going to do with that man. <laughs> well, now that we've got a nice little break there, the next episode is called My Favorite Mistake, and it airs on March 29th, which okay. is not next week, but the, week, the next week, week after. Okay. And then after that, we are on a hiatus until they do April that. 26th. I totally hate when they do that, you know, new episode, two weeks off, new episode, week off, new episode, and then go on hiatus. Four weeks off. You know, yeah. that's just crazy. But anyway, I'll take it when I can get it. So, All right. Um, so March 29th, and then not another episode okay. until so April we will 26th. Not be, we will not be here live next Thursday evening. It will be the next, it'll be the 29th after the new episode. But I do have some good news about next week. You oh. will be, yeah. Tell and, me. Okay, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> so, um, many, many of our lost listeners will know that we are having a special live event on Saturday um, here in northern Kentucky um, for our lost podcast. We're going to have a special live event. We have some people coming in from out of state, which I am so excited about. <laughs> well, one of those pers- people is Kim. And yay. yay! And she's coming in tomorrow, and she well, she better pack and and get out on time. <laughs> um, and she's coming in tomorrow and um, coming over sometime during the weekend. We are going to try to work it in where we can watch a couple season two episodes because Cliff is watching season two and trying to get caught up. So hopefully, we'll be able to view them with Kim here. And we can record a special podcast where she'll actually be in the living room with me. I mean, does that not excite anybody else? Because it totally I am excites me. To- <laughs> I'm bouncing off the walls over here. I'm so pathetic. I'm no. sure nobody else is excited for us as Probably we are. Probably so. not. So <laughs> next week, instead of us being here live, you can see our special um, season two whatever episodes are coming up. We just finished the Super Bowl episodes. So um, we're on like... 19 or 20 I don't remember anyway you can go to you know abc.com and see what episode that is but somewhere around 19 or 20 is where we are so I'm so excited to record that with you here in our studio Kim I'm almost nervous to meet you guys I'm so excited I know but the (laughs) cool thing is is that you know we already know each other it's not Uh you know it's not like we're meeting a stranger right so um so that that that's you know takes some of the pressure off, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think see, it's just more that I'm excited and I'm confusing that with nerves. <laughs> I'm, well, it, it, excitement is is can produce nerves. Yes, it can. Um, what else was I going to say? I was going to say something else. Um, okay, I can't remember what I'm going to say, so I'm going to say what Cliff wants to say is that if anyone lives in driving distance to Northern Kentucky. Um, you should come to our live podcast event, and you can find more information about that at gspn.tv. gspn.tv. And I remembered what I was going to say. So we just finished, you know, we're about halfway through season two here, getting Cliff caught up. And you know what I noticed, Kim, is that? that last year on the episode that followed the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. Meredith had this big near-death experience. Mm-hmm. This year... The episode following the Super Bowl started a series of three episodes wherein Meredith had a near-death experience. Yes. Is this going to be a pattern? I hope not. You know, can we just kind of guarantee that next January, after the Super Bowl, (laughs) Meredith's going to have a near-death experience? I mean, or will it be another character? Uh, uh, That's enough with the near-death. We've had enough death (laughs) this season. I think... That that covers yeah. the series. You think? Yeah. Probably not. But we'll, we'll, yeah, hope, I know. we'll hope so. Um, and then, uh, so what else was I going to... Do you have anything else? No. Who I'm did good. we not talk about? Did we not talk about anybody? Um, we didn't talk about Izzy and her guy with the bullet in his back. We didn't. No. We didn't. That poor man. I really felt for him. He just needed answers. He did. And not only answers, he needed his friends. 
You know, he, he said he that, that he lost his whole troop over that. And so, you know, my heart really went out to him because obviously I haven't held a grudge for 50 years, but I've held a grudge for, you know, some time. I, I oh, yes. <laughs> have been in the beginnings of something changing me and my soul and who I am. But, um, <clears throat> so I can kind of get where he was coming from. So I really felt for that man. And I'm glad that he did have an impact on Izzy and that she, you know, is going to start trying to let go of some of her baggage. Although she just created a whole bunch more baggage to try to let go of. Yeah, really. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I guess that's it for two weeks. For two weeks. Live, anyway. And we just had two weeks off. I know. Well, this is... We actually had three weeks off. Right? We had three... There were two weeks without an episode, but that yeah. takes up three weeks' time. You are right. <coughs> I need to work on my numbers a little bit better. Back to preschool I go. I'm sorry, what'd you say? I said I need to go back to preschool and work okay. on my numbers and my counting. Cliff had to mute me because I was coughing. That's all right. So, um, well, thank you for joining us. I am so excited to meet Kim tomorrow, and I really need to cough, so she's going to close out the show. Yeah, and thank you all for coming to participate in in our podcast. It has been great talking to some new voices, some new people, getting different perspectives than our own, and we may all not always agree with each other, but, you know, that's life. We don't all always agree, but it's great to get the different perspective and see where everybody else is coming from. So thank you guys so much for that. Thank Absolutely. you for and participating. I'm better now. Good. <laughs> I'm glad that you're okay. I think Save I'll one of those lungs for us tomorrow, honey. We got a lot of talking. Oh, I will. I will. So until next time. I don't know. You can't say stay lost, can you? I can't. But that's... <laughs> I just... I was starting to say something and... I didn't really have anything to finish it with. <laughs> As the producer, I think it's important to probably say one thing. Each This is only like episode number something, seven of seven. our podcast. And so, uh, just so you know, we're up now up to over 3,000 subscribers. Seriously. To this show. <laughs> I and, did that one intentionally. And so, <laughs> basically, what that means is that we have about 1,000 new subscribers after each live episode. And wow. so you, it may be wise at the end of each of these shows to mention how they can join us live right after any live episode, any new episode of Grey's Anatomy. And the best way to do that, to learn how to be a part of this show live, just like um, the, the folks that were here on the show with us today, go to gspn.tv live. That's gspn.tv live. And there are directions on how you can come here Thursday nights at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time and be a part of this show as it's recorded live after every brand new episode of Grey's Anatomy. God bless and have a great week.